2: everyone thanks so much for joining us for another episode of ask the expert north texas i'm Kristen diaz i'm
1: david rankin the great resignation might not be over by a long shot 96 percent of workers in a new monster poll say they're actively looking for a new job sometime this year most of them say they're just not paid enough where they are right now and they can't grow in their current jobs one expert says that percentage is phenomenally high well we have our own expert On Ask the Expert, her name is Julie Bauke. She's from the Bauke Group and she is in the KRLD Zoom Room. Julie, thank you so much for the time.
0: Thank you for having me. Yeah, this number, when I saw this, I thought, how can this be true? And I, as I read it further, I realized, you know, it's really all about pay. And so you've got this situation where you know a lot of people say in first quarter i'm getting the heck out of here i'm going to go find something new but when you look at the number of people who actually do it's obviously much lower than that but what people are doing by answering yes to that question is they're expressing a dissatisfaction with something at work and the majority of people are saying it's pay and so you've got the price of things rising you've got salaries not keeping up and then we've had story after story of how people are, um, they're seeing their colleagues change jobs and get big raises. So because there's a talent shortage, companies have had to really up their game when it comes to offering higher starting salaries. And so it's not just, yeah, so-and-so left for a 5% 5 increase sometimes they're leaving for a 15 and 20% increase. And so that's gonna get people's attention. And they're also not being quiet about it. So that news is out there. And so people are looking at this saying, wait a minute, I'm not, prices are going up. I, th- I think to get more, I need to change jobs. And there's some truth to that. When people change jobs, they ne- they do get a bigger level increase than they do if they stay where they are. And that gap has widened because like I said, companies have had to up their game and go even higher. So that gap between what you're getting where you are and what you could get someplace else is enough to turn people's heads and say, I need some of that. The problem with that is what we see over and over again, there's survey after survey, and this is not true recently, it's true for decades, that when people talk about what makes them happy at work, pay is always mid pack. it's always right in the middle. So what I what I know is that pay is a dissatisfier it's not a motivator. So if you know you're paid less than market, that can propel you to, to do something different and to move. But what that then drives you to do is make a move based on pay. Then you get there and so, and many 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 times people look around and say, oh well I did get that increase but I, I my commute's longer don't really like my boss, not as crazy about the work as I thought I would be. And so there gets to be that job seekers remorse. And we saw that a lot in 2022 because people were chasing the the carrot of big raises. And then they got there and said, well, maybe money wasn't why I was unhappy. You know, it could be, I, I don't have career development opportunities. I don't like my team, I'm lack of a culture fit. And so what I would recommend you do as a job seeker is get super clear on what's not working where you are. Mm -hmm. And if it really is just pay, sit down, take the data into your boss and show them. If you're getting contacted by recruiters or other companies, show them what you're getting and say, I really would like to stay, but this is really tempting. You know, this, this is what is going on in the market. How can we start to address this? Can I get a commitment that we're going to address this over the next three to six months? But if you look at your job situation and you say, you know, yeah, pay is part of it, but I also don't like this, this, and this, that becomes a smarter move. Jumping for pay will put you potentially in a bad situation where pay won't matter because you're so miserable everywhere else. So you wanna get really clear, why am I changing jobs? What do I hope to get more of? What do I wanna leave behind? And what is my next best step in my career that I might also get paid for, but I'm going to be in a position where I'm going to be happier and more engaged. So I think you have to take that holistic look. For
2: employers, when they hear this big number, they might be like, oh, great, another thing that we have to deal with in this new year. Now, the number is large. They're saying these are people who are considering They're just looking for it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to actually make that jump. What types of preventative measures can employers take right now? You mentioned one, having conversations with these employees to make sure that they're happy, right?
0: Yes. So what's so interesting is that, excuse me, side by side, you see this story with all these companies laying thousands of people off. And back in 2008, that might have been, you'd never see that because people held on for dear life because they were so afraid of all these layoffs. So we've got a few things at play. We've got a younger generations who are very confident in their ability to land another job. We still do have a talent shortage and um, it's going to continue for a while. So if you, are in a, if, if you are in an area that's highly marketable, then you should be feeling pretty good. So as an employer, you know, there's employers right now they're in a tough spot because they're wringing their hands they don't exactly know what to do they've got boomers they've got gen x they are the the gap between how boomers and gen x gen z i'm sorry how gen z looks at work is so, is, is is broader than we've seen in the past and so this they are employers are trying to come up with solutions that fit everybody And what's different about the world now is you don't necessarily have to have solutions that fit everybody, but you absolutely should be talking to your people. How do you feel about working here? What do you like about it? If I could change anything about your job, what would you have me change? What would you like to do more of? The problem though is in those conversations, your employee has to trust you with that information and so if they believe it's going to be used against them to decide who to put on the layoff list, if they speak up and say something less than positive, they're not gonna share. They're gonna go, everything's fine while they're over here looking for a job. And so this really starts with, what kind of culture do you have? Do you, people know, do you know your people? Do you know what their interests are? Do you know what they wanna do more of? Do you understand what their career goals are? And have you asked them, What are changes we could make to your situation to make your work here, you know, make you more engaged and want to stay longer? Tell me now what those things are. I can't promise I can do everything, but those conversations have to happen. And what that does is that is so challenging because we're so used to boss, everybody else and kind of this, I'll tell you what's good for you. And I'll tell you when you get it. Kind of like Elon Musk, when he pounded his fist on the desk and said, everybody back to work. The younger generation went yeah no i don't care if you are elon musk no and so we have to get away from that idea that the boss knows all and we have to turn it into more of a collaborative type of culture where you feel free to come to me and tell me when things aren't going well or when you want more of something else or when a recruiter contacted you there has to be trust between the people doing the work and leadership and if to do anything less than that if you just sit your people down and start asking them all these questions they're not going to answer you it's really you know what we all call perfuming the pig
2: yeah
0: if you've got a bad culture just you know patting somebody on the head and having a cup having a couple cursory conversations isn't going to do a darn thing this is out about building a collaborative culture with a lot of trust and leaders are not very good at this unfortunately
1: one thing this reminds me of and it, it makes me wonder about if this translates to companies as well, is the nursing shortage. You've got traveling nurses that will go from hospital to hospital and they're able to command more money. And one thing about Gen Z is they're not shy about sharing their salaries. What happens to employers and other employees at an office if they've got job hoppers coming in and they're making more money than those people huh. have put in all the years?
0: Yep, you've got a real problem. And what you've got to do is you have to have a plan. First of all, you can't expect, you can't expect it to say a secret. Because when you put a job, let's say you you're looking for another uh marketing analyst and you put that job out on LinkedIn and you put it companies are starting to put salary ranges on their jobs. And so I look at that and I go, oh, I'm making 35 and they're hiring for 45. So from, from an employer standpoint, assume your people are gonna find out. Don't say, let's keep them in the dark and hope they don't figure it out because they're going to. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, they're not afraid to share. So if you know you're in that situation, you it is imperative that you take a look at fair compensation where you are. So if we're bringing in somebody at 45, what is our plan to take those people and get them to where they need to be? Because it is, it is there is nothing that's a morale booster than realizing the new guy sitting next to you is making a lot more or you're a woman and you find out the men are making more. So they will disengage and they'll immediately start to look. And so don't wait for someone to come to you and say, hey, I just found out Bob's making more. You need to go to your people and say, look, we're in a situation where we're trying to find people for these roles. We are having to increase salary to get the right people. But please know that we understand that that's gonna put a gap between you and them, and here's what we're doing about it. We're gonna give you an, this increase now, we're gonna meet again in 90 days, just know that I'm aware of it and I'm working on it. Because if that person quits, that $35,000 a year person quits, they walk out the door, you're gonna to have to pay 45 for the next person anyway, and there went all your experience, your client knowledge, you know, your institutional history, all that went out with it. And so it's pay me now, pay me later. But I'm afraid that employers are not quite getting the message yet from what I'm hearing.
2: Um, My question also for people who are looking for uh, a prospective new job, the new year, maybe just trying to see comparatively, you know, salaries. We're talking about how do we find the right information? You know, how does somebody know that they're getting truthful information about that position? Uh, What are some good resources or some good strategy? You know, maybe reaching out to somebody who, you know, like you said, LinkedIn might be connected to to that company.
0: Yeah. So LinkedIn is fascinating to me. I believe they're going to own the world someday. Because if you think about just what information they have in their database, they are starting to be the source where you go look for new jobs. And so when I get on my LinkedIn profile, jobs will pop up that say, this position, based on your background, this position might be of interest to you. Become a student of that. Look at every job description that's even in your neighborhood. And a lot of those are, you'll see there's more and more salary postings because employers, they want to put that information out there. So people are, you know, so they're attracting the right people, people that aren't too high or aren't too low. LinkedIn, salary.com. Glassdoor is a wonderful place to go on and talk about the company. So let's say you wanna work for the ABC company, you go on to Glassdoor, you read all the postings by people who work there and used to work there. And you can ask a question, You know, does anybody know what you know marketing analyst makes with two to three years experience? And every time a recruiter or a company contacts you to ask you about an opportunity, if you're interested in an opportunity, get the salary information. You know and it's not a, a one-to-one so just because a marketing analyst across town makes 35 and you're only making 32 that's a piece of data but it's not the whole story because there's a lot more to a job than just a title and titles can be tricky and so it is up to you to advocate for yourself figure out who are the top competitors for employees in your town what are they paying what kind of roles are they looking for you really need to go on and research other companies and what they seem to be looking for, and and they're to, by the fact that a company is putting out these job descriptions, said yes, we have these openings. They're telling you where the opportunities are, and so it is okay to have a conversation with a recruiter, either an ex- outside recruiter or somebody at a competitive company, to find out what's going on. Because you know, it. I think we have to get past this idea that just because you go out there. And look and talk to other people that you're being disloyal. And people feel like, no, you know, I really, I really like it here. I don't wanna, like, okay, first of all, slap yourself because companies are not loyal to you. And that all went away in the 90s when we started having all these huge layoffs. And so there's still some vestiges of that from boomers to older Xers who remember that idea of, you know, 40 years and a gold watch. And they really believe that if they're doing their best, and they're working really hard, that that makes them safe from a layoff. 2008 told us it doesn't. That's when companies start cutting muscle and bone. And so that's pretty, um, that's pretty, that's, that stamps on you, I mean, you remember that. And so people who are looking, that's why we're seeing all these people now saying, I want more money, I'm, I'm willing to change jobs. Which for those people who are in, who are really looking for people, it gives you an opportunity to find talent but make sure that you're paying competitively. You're offering benefits and all the other kind of things that these big companies are offering. The companies who are progressive, who are out there in the, the leading edge, the bleeding edge, man, they're gonna they're gonna pick the talent right off the top. Yeah.
2: yeah. I do have one question. Whether we keep this in the interview, I know this is uh, long, yeah. but my question to you is: uh, We talked about the Gen Zers, the millennials that are you know, having this confidence boost and they're like, I'm going to, you know, go to this job and this job, I'm going to make more money. What about those who are closer to retirement age, but they're seeing these young ones going mm-hmm. from job to job? They're like, wait, 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 wait. I have way more experience. Yeah. I know how to do this way better than them. You know, I have more clientele. Are
0: they getting braver to- make- They are. You, risk- what? you know what? What is so interesting is that I have talked to people, some people in their late 50s, Who absolutely know that the people coming in are making more than they are? What's happened is employers take a look at it and they say, okay, where do we need to put our salary increase dollars? And there's this faulty assumption that people over a certain age won't leave. Mm -hmm. Where would you go? Where'd she go? She's been here 30 years. I have friends in their late 50s who have changed jobs, who've gone into their employer and said, here's what I know. Are we gonna do something about it? If not, I'm not afraid to look. And my one friend I'm talking about, she really needs a job, but she is so sick. and So so. that was a risky conversation for her, but she is sick and tired of being treated like a second-class citizen because she's older when she's a very, very high performer. If you're a mediocre performer, it's harder to have that conversation. right? Because then they might be like, okay, go. Um, but if you're a strong performer, you can say, look, you know, I don't know what else you want me to do, but I do know that these people that you're bringing in are making 10 to $15,000 more than I am. And my friend just said, we need to fix this or I'm going to start looking. And her boss was like, no, 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 no. And so, excuse me, we hear that phrase, the squeaky wheel gets the grease and it absolutely does, but you've got to do it. You've got to advocate yourself for yourself, but you have to do it in a professional way. Here's the business case for you giving me an increase. Not because I need more, not because I'm mad, but because here's what, you know, from from an equity, a parity standpoint, here's what you're paying other people. Here's what you're paying me. And you're telling me I'm a top performer. You know, how does that work? Yeah. You know, and and so you've got to do it professionally, but do not be afraid to advocate for yourself. And I'm telling you, I I was I was just having a conversation with someone this weekend that I know, and he said his, he's 40. And four years ago when he went to his new company, he negotiated a different bonus package than everybody else, a better one. He's never gotten paid on that bonus package and he's afraid to bring it up. I'm like, excuse me, you have it in writing. I'm like you better this week, go sit down with your boss and find out you know what's going on because don't expect the employer to advocate for you and remember all your conversations. You know, no one cares about your career as much as you do, and they shouldn't. That's why they call it your career. Um, So, you know, so you've got to be willing to step up, reach out and have difficult conversations.
1: Julie Balki from the Balki Group on today's Ask the Expert. Thanks so much for the time.